Martin that got back from Uganda. Um, there's six of us. We're going to be sharing. And uh, I want to I want to stop and pray because uh, I, I, I need the Holy Spirit to touch me. I want him to touch you. And uh, we could say some cool things, but he's the only one that changes a heart. So let's just stop and agree. Holy Spirit, we... We love your presence. We so have enjoyed your presence and how you've ushered us into the reality of, of our King Jesus and our, our Father who adores us. And we are asking you, Holy Spirit, to um, grab hold of our hearts, ignite our hearts, um, change us. If we've come in here discouraged, Holy Spirit, breathe hope back and courage back into our hearts. We need, we need it. We, we, um, we're alive for some really good reasons. We're alive in this time in history for your purposes. And, um, and we forget at times. We can forget. We can get overwhelmed by just stuff, the stuff of the world. And we're asking again, bring the refreshing, bring the uh, hope, bring the, um, the, the assurance uh, of, of all the reasons that we're alive. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, I want to start by by thanking you. Um, so many of you in here supported us in one way or another. Um, many of you financially. Some of you by by faithfully buying Joel's Paleo bars for <laughs> six months. <laughs> um, some of you just you know, just generously gave. Um, many of you are praying for us. I'm going to talk about intercessors probably more later, but thank you, thank you, thank you. One of the things that I forget, I'm, I, I think this is a real blessing from God. I, I'm, I am, um, I would say, just about an eternal optimist. Like, it takes a lot to get me down for very long because I'm always flipping it and seeing, you know, God's doing this. It's good. It's going to be okay. And and so I go. To, I went there just thinking, do to do. You know, we're just going to come and bring the love and bring the grace, which is all true, but we forget what we're going into sometimes. And both years we had many dreams from the Lord when we got there, uh, dreams, uh, intense kind of dreams, like God saying, "Watch for this and this, and pray for that," and kind of forgetting that we're going in there, um, bringing. The, the hope of the gospel, but bringing it in a very, in an extremely uplifting, prophetic kind of way that, that really makes the enemy really nervous. And there's a lots of witchcraft there. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist here. It's just different there. And so I forget some of those things. And I just kind of go in and do do which I like that. I like that feeling of do do you know, I'm going <laughs> to, it's what makes me such a happy guy. Uh, but just like last year, this year, we needed to write back to our intercessors often and say, pray, pray, pray. And, and they, they were giving us scriptures back and different things that began to actually help us mold the whole trip. It was very God orchestrated. It was very, um, what do I want to say? It was, um, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, we flowed with him, even though we had certain things that we knew we were going to do. It was amazing how much had to just happen as he orchestrated it. And amazing things happened. So we're going to talk about that. But before we even left, remember we were up here and you prayed for us. Now, who, does someone remember who, who someone prophesied that we were going to bring the rain with us? Does anyone remember that? 
Yeah, so people remember it, but I, we were, I was hoping I, it, one of you were like, ah, that's me. Probably it was one of you, and you don't even remember because the Holy Spirit was just moving through you. Anyway, one of you prophesied that. And so I thought it would be fun to show you what actually happened. The very first night when we got there, la- last year, the first night I got there, there was next morning, there was this beautiful um, pendant in the sky. And I, I called it a diamond, although I'm sure it was a pearl now that I after this year i'm sure it was a pearl necklace but um but this year when we got there the very first night was one of those huge the moon was super uh you know full moon super high and bright and there was this huge ring around it which for some of you know that that probably means rain um i wasn't even thinking about it until the next day and i just want to show you this because you people were praying that the rain is going with us here it is um if you got volume we definitely need it Okay. I mean, it was a downpour. Did you hear that? That was me. Let it rain here more. Let it rain in California more. And um, and then the next day, not the next day, but the uh, after we were, uh, this is tr- um, Trevor and Jonna's play. Some of you have been there, um, missionaries. And next, the next place we went to go speak. We all, uh, all, all of us spoke, and at the end of that, went right when we started to minister, we're hearing the thunder, I mean loud thunder, and suddenly for an hour, right when we started ministering, this happened. Just crank it up if you can. Crank up some. I mean, it was so loud on this roof, you can't even believe it. And so this is all of us ministering, but it was pouring, and there was thunder going, thunderclaps going on constantly. And um, so before we even go on, I want to say this because we were, remember we said we were going there to bring things and we're coming back with, with things. And so the rain, the rain, we're not going to move on before we agree. So would we all just agree together? Father, thank you. Thank you for the rain of heaven. And we're asking God for the physical rain on California. Lord, you sent us to Uganda and and you prophesied through someone, you prophesied that we would be bringing the rain. And Father, we are declaring now, we are declaring now that rain comes to California and we are agreeing together that this is a wet, rainy season coming for California in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Yes. And you're, we're going to talk a lot about this tonight. Our, our prophetic declarations, what we say out of our mouth, is hugely important. We change things by what we say. And we're still figuring that out. This is one of the reasons why creation is groaning for us to get it, as it says in Romans 8. It, we don't understand yet what we carry, but we've got to be declaring things, okay? So it was really important that we stop and did that. And um, what I'm going to do next is... Um, I thought it would be fun, and, and sound guys, you may I, it's going to be different qualities on the video, so you may need to crank it a little bit depending on each video. Uh, but, but what we're going to do is each, each one of the six of us, we're going to show you a quick clip. In most cases, it's about a minute long, just so you see um, each, each one of us and, um, speaking. And so first up, it's going to be Fred, uh, Fred Long. Um, who really is the veteran of the group. He's been there many times, four or five times, four, four times to Uganda. And, uh, and so um, 
Anyway, this was Fred when he was introduced at the very last church we were at. Jesus Hello from uh, Blazing Fire Church in Pleasanton, uh, California. California. We're so happy to be here. We've seen amazing things that God is doing. In this trip. We've seen actually the heavens open. And pouring out blessings. Uganda. Uganda. Even in Gawa. So um, we're very happy to be here. And we thank you for the invitation. To come and see what God is doing. And to be able to bless what God is doing here. And to be able to bring our blessing. California. California. Blazing Fire Church. Into this place. Amen. All right, so here's Fred Long. Yeah, um... I put this picture up because this is uh, Gaba Community Church. This is where we originally came um, uh, 12 years ago. Uh, it's a lot different now. Uh, it's changed completely. Actually, most of those buildings weren't there. Uh, the one building there, um, the big one in the middle is Africa Renewal. Um, and uh, they have this amazing sponsorship program out of Gaba Community Church, which is Pastor Peter's over. He's uh, the visionary that um, that seen this and, and seen it come to pass. Uh, he was actually invited to, to minister with us, um, which is uh, um, in Rock Eye at the conference. And when I found that out, I just knew that God was just doing this amazing thing with unity in the churches there at, uh, uh, in, um, in Uganda, right there at... Uh, where we were. Uh, this is where we originally met Pastor Fred <laughs> 12 years ago. He was the one that was over the Africa Renewal um, um, uh, child sponsorship program, and he actually helped build that. Um, it was a major part, so we became good friends with him. So uh, Pastor, <laughs> our Pastor Brent actually gave me permission to actually encouraged me to go make connections, back connections there. This time I went uh, with the pastors and some of the leaders there. And uh, I thank you so much for that. We have an amazing pastor that just lets us uh, move in the spirit. And uh, and he actually trusted me to be able to go do that. So um, we started off at, uh, at um, Trevor's uh, with Connect Africa and uh, in Maryland, they, they, they totally love you over there. You must have done something totally to impact their life. Because, uh, <laughs> what? Uh, candy? Who's Candy? Who's Candy? Oh, blessings on you, too. <laughs> 
but yeah, you you guys did something, and they they kept talking about you, and they actually met their parents, which are missionaries there. Uh, they're partnering together with their ministry. Um, uh, they do the uh, the water filters, uh, uh, bio sand filters, uh, and they just happened to uh, that's uh, um, Tex and, and Val. They just happened to be there uh, with us, and um, and they also they just happened to live right by Gaba Community Church. You know that's a, like a a divine appointment. And they invited me to to stay at their house while um, I was there. So um, God had, you know, actually made it, gave me an opening to um, to be able to do exactly what I wanted to do. It was just divine appointments the whole time. So we ended up at when they went to uh, to Rock Eye, um, I was able to go down to Gaba and uh, to stay at Valerie's house and Texas house and uh, see what what's going on in their mis- in their ministry there. Uh, with building the sand filters, I've got to build a sand filter, and we got to deliver it to um, to a pastor that I actually know down in uh, Gabo Community Church. So when, so my first time traveling down, I, I traveled down the hill. Text dropped me off at at, at Gaba. I was able to meet my my sponsored child uh, that I've sponsored 11 years ago. And he just happened to live there at uh, at Gaba. Uh, there's this huge community right there. You can see how big the church is, but they have thousands of members. And uh, and the whole Gaba, you know, most people walk to church around here. They don't walk to church, but there they all walk to church, and they live in this huge community all around the church. So uh, um, there's a whole lot of people that go to Gaba. There's a lot of ministries that are out of there. So I was able to go down there, and I ran across him. I met him. Actually, I'd been texting him, and um, and he became my guide. Uh, he uh, and my spiritual son, and it was a, a it was a really a real blessing to me to be able to go down there and spend time with him. And he lived there all of his life. He knows all the back way, all the back roads. The place is like a maze. I mean, uh, the the country around there, and uh, uh, you know the community and. Uh, uh, so he would take me through the maze with chickens and every other different kind of, uh, 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 you know, little stores, sidewalk stores. There was no sidewalks, actually, but there's, you know, everybody had these stores along that they would sell their stuff. The, and there was a marketplace there at the fishing. Uh, uh, the, it's a fishing village. And um, they have, you know, their marketplaces are completely different than ours. You probably see some pictures of them. But, um uh, but they were there. They 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 protected me. They guided me. They talked. They uh, and everywhere they that I went with them. I actually got another sponsored uh, uh, child that met up with me there too. It's just amazing how God would just allow me to have sponsored children and then be able to meet them and build relationships with them and uh, and, and be able to pray into their lives. So that's really a blessing for me. Um, uh, so going back to um help me lord yeah going back to um joseph uh house which is my spiritual son um uh, jonathan that lives there is is actually a spiritual father so uh also and uh even more so than me because he's taken him in there he's a missionary uh um uh and uh 
and an evangelist. He goes out and he plants churches uh, uh, out, uh, out from underneath Gava Community Church. So I was able to build relationships with him. Uh, he has quite a ministry, and he'd probably be coming here to California um, in a month, month and a half, kind of like Dale came through here, and we were able to, to meet him, and we became a big, a large part of what's going on in his church. Uh, um, which is, I'm sure there's other people that have testimonies. You see him interpreting uh, up there. And, uh, yeah, so he'll be coming, he might be coming through and staying at the house. So I would want to introduce him to Blazing Fire and the culture here. Um, it's just amazing how I see God just knitting together uh, you know, my life uh, with uh, the people there in Agava Community Church and the people there in, in uh uh, in Uganda, it's it's been really amazing to me. Every time I turned around was another divine appointment. I was I was able to talk to uh, uh, Pastor Christopher, uh, which is uh, uh, the missions director at Gaba Community Church, and uh, total open door for us uh, to be able to uh, um, uh, go out and, uh, and and ministries there. They actually send people out all over the place to different uh, communities and plant churches. So um, Clayton is actually, uh, where, where is he at? I see him here somewhere. He was on the first uh, first trip. Where is he? No, not that Clayton, a different one. Um, <laughs> there he is, right there. Yes, stand up. He was actually on our, our first trip. What was it, the first trip there to Gava? Yeah, Pop, Prophet Clay right there. Yeah, it was that was an amazing trip. So, um, yeah, so God's just really doing uh, some amazing connections uh, with us, even through there. Pastor Peter was able to come and speak at the conference, and uh, which is over all of that, and uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of others pastors that come and get ordained uh, out out from underneath his leadership, and um, uh, just just watching God just answer prayers, uh, connecting him with Pastor Brent and. Um, and even with, uh, uh, well, he's even showing an interest in, uh, in Bethel, uh, 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 Bethel Church and Pastor uh, Johnson's in the Bethel culture. Uh, um, and it's just like that is really amazing. I was actually transition, you know, I came in transition out of that church and into, uh, um, into a blazing fire in the church of uh, you know, culture of, of love and, and grace and um, and uh, you know transformed my life and this is something that God's doing so I know this is just something that God is totally doing right here bringing these people into transition into the revelation of God's love and uh, and His grace uh, so I really want to just just hold your hand up to Gabo Community Church right there. <sighs> Yeah. Whoa. And we just we just thank you, Lord. We just, just proclaim culture of love. Yeah. Culture of grace. Yeah. Jesus culture all over that place. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We just thank you, Lord, for the culture of Bethel right there. Whoa. True. As it is there, let it go out through that whole nation there in Uganda. And we just thank you, Lord, that we can actually have uh, this amazing part in bringing that culture to, to Uganda. And um, is my 10 minutes about up?
Yeah. Okay, so my 10 minutes is about up. So uh, that's, uh, I'm going to leave it at that. All right. I'm not sure how well this is working. I'll try it one more time. Otherwise, I'll just have you guys forward from back there. But next we're having, uh, we're going to just show a quick clip of uh, Matthew Gio and then get ready to pop on up here, okay? And we'll see that now, but I, there you go. The perfect father whose heart was um, tormented in English um, by the, the fact that we were lost. The father who refused to start over again. But instead he sent his son. As the perfect sacrifice. Now so welcome Matthew Gio. Hello everyone. So um yeah this trip was amazing um for me also very humbling uh because uh you very quickly you know when you get there realize that wow like um i, I don't know, i guess you could say you feel very small um compared to the huge amount of poverty and just all the the issues and problems that some of these people have to face it's like you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like wow I don't have any problems <laughs> so um so like you know when I was getting up there uh you know and I'm you know feeling like well, what am I doing up here god like I, I I haven't even like experienced some of the things that these pastors have to to go through you know and um and the Lord reminded me um, um, of how he got me through my struggles. And he basically told me that it's the same with them, that that it has to be God who's our strength. Otherwise, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, we're eventually going to burn out. We're eventually going to get tired if we don't have the Lord as our strength. And the same is true everywhere in the world, regardless of the the struggle and the problem. So um, he just reminded me, like, the reason I'm there is to bring a hunger for intimacy with him because that's what's going to keep them going um, and bring them into encounter with him and uh, and teach about, like, just practical things on how to have intimacy with God. Um, one of the awesome ways that um we did that um and i know the whole team uh felt that one of the primary focuses of the trip was was to um set straight what the gift of prophecy is for like the prophetic ministry because uh, many 
Uh, many times we heard communicated to us that prophecy was abused um, in Uganda. Like, you know, they, you know, the big prophet would come by and say, I'm a prophet, you need to take an offering for me. And then he would, you know, prophesy something negative about what's happening because of the sin in the church or whatever. And, um, and, and so that's kind of like their view of what a prophet looks like. So it was very refreshing to be able to come in there with our blazing fire culture and our core values um, to show them, hey, actually, that's, we don't need to go into the old covenant prophecy anymore. We can step in to the new covenant of grace where Jesus's uh, death on the cross was enough. Um, he did take on all the judgment for us for our sins. So we no longer need prophecies of judgment because Jesus's death on the cross took care of the judgment. He took on all of the punishment we deserve. So um, just like kind of setting that straight. So if when you have a prophet who comes up and says, you know, you're being judged because of sin. Well, that, that kind of negates what Jesus did. So um, just setting that straight and, and that his number one goal is to build up. But um, relating to that is, um, you know, with my slant to it is he wants you to be aware that he's paying attention to you. Like, he really is paying attention. Like, when someone releases the prophetic word, it's for encouragement. It's to, to let you know that I am paying attention. I am a good father. I am someone who uh, who notices every single detail of your lives. And in, I could tell it had a tremendous impact on uh, people's lives um, because... Um, um, when we, uh, I did a, a service, um, um, that kind of last minute, um, uh, God helped me, uh, come up with this, uh, teaching on prophecy. Um, thank God. Cause, uh, th- basically had to come up with something, uh, uh, pretty much in one day. Um, so, <laughs> um, so basically I'm, I'm to just give you an idea. Um, it's last minute. So, I'm sitting there on the couch during the same, the, during the worship for the same service that I'm going to preach at, and I don't know what I'm going to teach on. So, so <laughs> I'm sitting there doing worship. I'm like, all right, God, uh, what do you want me to say? <laughs> so, so, but he, he uh, came powerfully. Like, it's just all of a sudden, you know, as I was praying, I just like, oh, use this verse and then say this, and use this verse and then say this, and then use this verse and say this. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I, uh, uh, to my surprise, I was able to do an hour teaching or uh, on prophecy. Uh, well, and I got all of it during worship, right before I'm going going up to preach. So, 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 so. so. Uh-huh. So, um, but it was amazing um, because our, where I was able to be there and teach them and it's something they really, really, really needed because um, I'm really, really glad that God gave me the exact passages to use in the Bible because they needed to see it in the Bible 
that, hey, this is, this is biblical. In fact, Paul encourages us to zealously go after prophecy over all the other gifts. He actually says that you may all prophesy. And just going through all that and then, you know, uh, separating, like, the office of the prophet versus the gifting versus the spirit just came upon you momentarily and you prophesied. So, so just teaching them, you know, biblical foundations and, and, uh, um, you know, obviously getting that, their hearts open to, uh, doing a short teaching about our core values, creating a safe place for, in order for people to prophesy and even maybe, you know, have a bad word. It's okay. You know, this is a new covenant of grace. It's not, um, you know, uh, we need to create a safe place f- for people to fall down. Um, I think it's like what uh, Pastor Bill at Bethel says, you know, uh, when I teach my kids to ride a bike, I, I bring them to the park where there's grass, you know, because they will fall. But, you know, we need to create a place where it's okay, where they learn uh, to what's the voice of God and what's not. So... Um, and again, it ties into that relationship of intimacy. Like, um, so, um, but the amazing thing that happened is, you know, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, just kind of raised my hand. And I, I told them, okay. You, uh, but when I got to the first, got to the pulpit, I asked, so how many of you teach on prophecy at your church? And no one raises their hand, and they give me a blank stare. And um, <laughs> so. So I'm like, hmm, okay, we've got a lot of work to do. So God totally brought it, uh, brought it uh, home. Thank, thank God. Um, and <laughs> so, um, and it was amazing. It really was. Like, um, I think God did it intentionally like that. The the service where no pastors prophesy or teach on prophecy. That was the service He intentionally had me be there. So that was. Uh, um, so, yeah. Okay. So, um, what I had, what I, what I had them, I told them, okay. So, and you know, this is probably a stretch for them. But after I did the teaching, I told them, you know, how prophetic gifts come in images and feelings and even thoughts and stuff like that, and to listen for that. And I said, okay, you're gonna pair up with someone and you're gonna prophesy over that person, give them a prophetic word. And uh, at that point, I knew it was God's grace because, you know, they actually did it. And so, 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 yeah, yeah. So, so. So, yeah, it's just a short clip of them. Um, obviously, because, you know, some of the words are private, we didn't need them to yell out loudly or anything but um what was amazing is that uh many of the pastors gave testimony of the accurate words that these pastors were giving to each other and um and it was and you know all uh, god it was totally god because the whole team came up and we kind of modeled it first we uh, um we just started giving words to people just to kind of show them, okay, this is what a prophetic, encouraging prophetic word sounds like. This is how it sounds with 
these core values and and they ran with it and i just did a simple prayer holy spirit come and activate them in prophecy amen and boom and uh, they they prophesied probably for the first time in their life so so it was amazing so um yeah um so i think that's 10 minutes right so um but yeah i also um i also taught the intimacy with god workshop so you know it was did like a little mini sozo session with them to reconnect them with the father because many of them didn't grow up with a father figure or their father died in a war war in previous years and you know with all, all the stuff like with Idi Amin and all that stuff uh, just terrible stuff and so it was a huge need and I totally saw like why we were there because these people have no paradigm of what a good father figure looks like a lot of the time so um, it was amazing so praise God <laughs> It was it was uh, awesome to have Matthew there. He he was a great addition to the team, and uh, and good for them to see that a, a younger person, younger than me, you know, much younger people are are totally in love with the Lord and and moving in the gifts. Um, and uh, just in case you're thinking that, wow, why didn't why didn't Matthew like spend some time preparing ahead of time? Instead of having to do it during worship, uh, it, it's, it's actually because Joel got sick, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later. And so he wasn't, he, Joel was supposed to teach that, but he wasn't there. And I even told Matthew, you do not want to teach from Joel's notes because that's, when you're teaching from someone else's notes, you're not, you're not present with it. It's got to be your own stuff. So he was, he was like, okay, I'm, I'm going. So you know that scripture that says, be prepared in season and out of season? You know what? It's all inside of you. You actually just have to believe the Holy Spirit's there, and He'll bring it out if you trust Him. So, good job, Matthew. Um, I, I, yeah. It's kind of funny because the next video is either me or Suzanne. I can't remember which. I think it's me. You'll know as soon as it starts. But since we're one, you know, what is it? I, so I think it's me. Let's find out. You must know the Father's heart for you. Jesus came to the earth to show us the Father. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And what did Jesus do? He loved people. He had great compassion. Even for those who were caught in sin. Like the woman caught in adultery. Or the woman at the well who had many, many uh, men who were not her husband. He still had love for them. Now understand something. Because he loves you always. He's not saying do whatever you want. Hurt yourself and others around you by sinning. He's saying this. I love you no matter what. And I'm going to tell you who you are until you believe it. 
And once you know who you are as my son or daughter, the more you know who you are as my prince, my princess, you are going to start to rise up and, and act like that. There you go. So that that's Pastor Deo, who was here a couple months ago, the one who one who uh, prayed in Luganda. It's a powerful night, and then he even tells that story how when he came here, he tells he tells his pastor friends like he's kind of amazed that we did this to not only to have him here, but when I said just speak in Luganda, and he's he's like, what? That's crazy. But he start because why would you know they don't know that language. But, of course, it's in this spirit that we're feeling him. And before he's done with that prayer, I don't know if you remember, but he's, like, laughing. And the spirit just overtook him. And it was part of his healing. It was part of his, um, you know, he's, he's go- everybody, this, anywhere around the world you go, everybody's going through lots of stuff. Everybody. And, there, and the same thing brings the release, and that is the Father's love, presence of the Holy Spirit, the mercy of Jesus. It's what lifts people out of it. So, you know, he experienced lots of healing while he was here, and uh, it was so good to be reunited with him there again. And I just want to say that, uh, that not only did I bring the Father's love, but this time, much more than last year, I also preached a lot about grace. Uh, I did both, and it was received uh, wow. Like you have to understand that, um, that there, there's a a really, um, legalistic kind of mindset there. That's very strong, very prevalent, much more so than here. And so, um, these pastors that are trying so hard, most of them feel like they're letting God down. They're not doing enough. They're, you know, it's just an awful thing to be under that. And so when I was actually showing them, again, scripturally, I can't remember who just said that, uh, Matthew, you know, you, when you show them scriptures, look at it, it's here and it's here and it's here. He not only loves you, but he forgives you and he doesn't remember your sin. And Jesus already took the punishment and explaining to them what justification means, that they've already been in a trial and they've already been found not guilty. And they're starting to see it and they're st- I'm watching their eyes and they're taking it in. They're like, um, I... The first time, if you really have not heard the gospel, the good news, when you really hear it, it's, it's, it'll take your breath away because it's so good. It's so good that we want to say, what's the trick? What? You're tricking me, right? You know, this is too good to be true. But they were, they were taking it in. I wish I could have had, there's a few times where I wish I could have had a little video going because, um, because okay, I'll just share one of them with you. At the hotel we were at, there was a, one of the young men, um, I gave him my book early on. We always, we minister everywhere we go, not just at the pastors. It's everywhere you go. You all get that, right? In life, it's everywhere you go. That's who you're ministering to. And so the hotel staff, they loved us. They loved us. Why? Because we actually cared about them and loved them. They're not used to that. They're just used to serving people and being ignored. And we didn't ignore them. We called the treasures out of them. And so I gave him this guy, my book. And uh, he says, he said, it was a young man. And he says, um, I want to I spend time and I want to ask you some questions because I already read through a bunch of your book. And I said, okay. So I got together with him. He didn't have any questions for me. He was like, okay, it says here that I'm his treasure. 
I am his treasure. It says right here that I am his treasure. Me. And I'm like, yes, that's right. And then he, I mean, he turns the pages. No, wait, wait, wait. Look at this. He's as if I've never heard it, you know? I, I wrote the book. So <laughs> one after another, he's like, and he's so excited because that's what the good news does to you. And so I just got to celebrate with him and go, yes, that's good. That's true. <laughs> Many of you have seen, I've showed the movie here. Many of you have seen the movie where I showed the, of the um, athlete who uh, is running the 440 and pulls up with a ham, hamstring pull in the middle of the Olympics. He was favored to win it. And then, what's that? Oh, uh, Redman. Yeah, Derek Redman. And, um, and then half, so halfway through, he pulls a hamstring He's crumpled on the ground, but then he gets up and he starts limping because he's going to finish the race. And his father comes out of the stands and takes him through to the end. So I, I showed that video, and the, and the interpreter is Deo that day was was interpreting all the the subtitles. Oh my goodness, people are wailing; they're sobbing and wailing in this place. So you have no idea how much is bottled up. And and so then the next day, um, I was I was. I was uh, ministering to some pastors, some of whom had been at the service and saw that video. And they asked who had a testimony, who wanted to like, thank me for you know, what, I had, what I had said, what I would brought to them. And he got up and shared. Again, I wish I had a video of these things, but it just wouldn't have been really appropriate you know, to say, could you stop there for a minute? I really want to get this on video. Just kind of would have ruined the moment. So, um, but, <laughs> but he... But he was just say, he started to recount everything I had said, and then he talked about the movie and was retelling the whole movie, and and he said, "You have no idea this. I this has changed my life," and and these are pastors who are going to turn around and share this with their people. And this year, by the way, to be able to have the book to hand to people was huge. And many of you, many of you gave money so that this could happen, about three and a half dollars a copy so that pastors can take this home. Because it's one thing to hear something that changes their life, but you got to realize the, the oppression that they're under, the enemy's oppression, um, and decades of that orphan spirit, I mean, generation after generation, one good message isn't going to pull them out of that. You know, a few days later, they're going to start feeling it again. But now they have something to go back to and go back to and go back to. This is what God says. This is what God says. So thank you. If you, I know many of you here contributed to that. Thank you. Oh, I just wanted to show you that picture. And then this is, I'll end on this one before we move on to Suzanne. This was uh, when Matt shared that, that this was the place where, we, um, where he, Matthew preached on prophecy. And uh, before we had them try it on each other, we each got up and prophesied. Matt did it. The, Matt was the first one. And, you know, when Matt did his teaching, it was really good. And they, were, and they were listening. It was a really good teaching on prophecy. But I wouldn't say it had really gripped their heart just yet. You know what I mean? They were, they were tentative in getting it. But, one, but I'm telling you, once the spirit moved, once we started actually prophesying, the whole room shifted like that. And Matthew started it, and he, pro- he picked one person. And by the time he's halfway done, 30 seconds into this thing, the guy slid off his chair. He's now got his hands up in the air. And, you know, 30 seconds later, he's, you know, he's, 
he's shaking and crying and, and, you know, the room is shifting. And Joe gets up and does the same thing. I don't remember. I don't remember all the details, but the room was just, you, it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to watch it and to say, wow, I can now see how prophecy cuts right through everything. And this is the man that I, that I, the Lord showed me. He was sitting towards the back. And I just said to him something like, um, you know, the Lord showed me a picture of you as a little boy. And I said, and, and there was some, there was a father figure, somebody you were trying so hard to please. And, uh, and, and you just, no matter what you did, it wasn't enough. And I can see the pain in your heart. And I said, I want you to know there's a father in heaven who's so proud of you. And, you know, by now he's starting to, the little bit of the shaking, you know, of the, of the crying, you know, just, and I kept going and I don't remember all that I said, but just affirming him as a son and, and, and Papa's love over him and that he's enough. And by the, I mean, after a while he is just sobbing and, you know, sweat pouring off of him and just sobbing in the back of the room. And again, everything shifted. And I, I want to say to all of you, this is the power that you carry. You carry that. It, there's nothing special about the six of us that you couldn't have done if you were there and that you can't do every day of your life. And just remember that, a kind word, a somebody who believes, you know, you who believes in somebody when when they're feeling like nobody nobody understands me, nobody believes nobody believes in me. I'm telling you, just that mother-father heart that cares or that brother-sister heart that cares for somebody and that can say some kind things makes a huge difference. So use your voice. Look for the opportunities. Even if it seems like, I don't even know this person. I'm at the car dealer. I'm wherever you are. It's okay. If the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart, step out. Okay? So I declare and I speak courage into you. Courage, courage, courage to believe what you carry, to know that you have good news inside of you, to know that you have those kind words of love to make a difference everywhere you go. So I give you the courage to step out and go for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to pass the baton on to Suzanne. First, you'll see her. Um, this one's a little blurry, but it's because it was a... Anyway, it was just the better one to pick because it was a front view of her. But, but she... She was the only woman with us this time, and I'm telling you, it would, the trip was ex- dynamically different because she was there. Um, not only because many of the women that needed another woman there, but she was that mama. You, you know her. She was just that mama that was bringing it, bringing the encouragement. So here's a little taste of what she was like there. It makes you bigger than you are. <laughs> the treasure inside you rises up because that is the treasure that Jesus sees. The Father sees. He already sees it in you. And he wants you to see that for yourself. So this process of bringing your heart before the Lord is a learning time. Because as a leader, as a pastor, you will understand what your people are going through when they come to you 
No, you may not have all the answers. But we know the one who does. We know the one who does. Suzanne. Oh, I definitely took you guys with me. Oh. Okay, okay. Reality check, okay. City girl going to not even country. I'm not sure exactly what that was. So, so first day in the hotel, okay? First morning in the hotel, <clears throat> got to blow dry my hair. Okay, so I have my converter. I plug that baby in. <laughs> Shorts out our room. Okay, bomber. So my loving husband goes down to the desk and uh, to check on that. And, um, and he comes back and he says, well, honey, the good news is, <laughs> is that your blow dryer probably isn't broken. The bad news is the power is out in the entire hotel. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? <sighs> right, guys? The guys didn't rib me at breakfast. They were very courteous. But it turns out that, um, and what they neglected to tell us um, when we checked in, was that the city was working on the power lines. And so the power would be shut off for uh, like 12 hours a day. So that's why a lot of you didn't get our, we thought we would be able to email you, text you, you know, I mean, internet, stuff like that. But... If there wasn't any power, there was no internet. So, um, so there was, <laughs> so it was like every day for me was like beat the clock. Okay, when are they going to turn the power off, you know? And then 6.30 every morning, we woke up to, and they were yelling. And it was a public service announcement that we find out that um, they have public service announcements at 6.30 in the morning. And they're yelling over a loudspeaker. And we're like, what? You know? So can you just imagine what, the, what they were saying? Crazy American Mazungu blows out the power in the city. You know? Okay, so that was my adventure. No, there were other adventures, but just to, I tell you, it was amazing. It was an adventure. It was an adventure into the heart of God and how much he, he loves his, his kids everywhere. You know, I really didn't know what I was going to share. And, and you know what? It turned out just like, just like these guys, the team, the guys on the team, um, we just shared who we are, and I, I believe what their life message is. Aletta and Anna, you guys would have been so proud of your husbands. You would. Encounter Group, Hampton House, you guys would have been proud of Fred and Matt. Oh, yeah. Blazing Fire, you yeah. up. This is, and of course, 
I was very proud of my husband, and you guys would have been proud of him too. But it was it was uh, it, it was a God team. We worked together so well as a team, and, and Brent was right. He and he will talk, I think, a little about intercession later, right? You said, but um, there was just this uh, this dynamic amongst us where we were all having dreams, and then we debrief. Um, in the morning, we'd find out, okay, what did you guys all dream about? And then at night, we'd have meetings together where we would um, uh, pray through what God was doing, what he was saying, what we, what we were seeing, what we were, you know, possibly going to anticipate for what was happening. And um, so I really appreciated that. These guys were amazing. I was so proud of them every day, every day, whatever it was we were doing. It was just... Um, we laughed a lot, so, um, but I was able to see, um, like, my message mainly is to encourage, and that is what I tried to do. We, we were, after all, speaking to peers. Um, I was speaking to peers, pastors, and then, um, but what was so cool was we got to minister to some, the youngins, the, the young, the younger couples, you know, there were some, there was one that even came and visited us at night, um, when the power was out and they rode this crazy motorcycle and, um, it's called a boda boda and you like sit on the back side saddle and you just ride this motorcycle, no helmets, or anything, and um, they rode to to meet with Brent, you know, and then they met me too, and um, it took some getting used to to be called Mom Suzanne, or Mom, Mom, M-A-M, Mom Suzanne, everybody called me that, whether it was young or old, and I was like, okay, 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 I gotta get used to this, I'm Mom Suzanne, so, um, um, but I, I embraced that, because they, they did, you know, I was able to hug so many young women, um, hug some guys too, but mainly some of the young women that just needed encouraging, you know, as, as a a wife, Uh, some of them were pastors also pastoring with their husbands, but they were also just, um, some women, um, who were walking alongside their husbands who were pastors. So it was so good to encourage them. But what, um, and there's so much I want to share too about um, Pastor Fred and Pastor Peter, Pastor Fred um, Sichewa, who has these amazing dreams. He's the guy who shared with us about the coffee farms, right? You guys remember that? Well, we got to see that what he does and the dream he has for his people, you know, so to build into somebody who can take his people in a certain direction, to take them forward was amazing. And I was bawling just listening to him and saying, and then we have this, and then we're going to do that. And then you sponsor the kids and this, that, and the other thing happens. And it was like, wow, God, you've blessed this man to influence a whole, a whole district, let alone, you know, hopefully all of Uganda. And, um, but, um, one of the things that I came away from that is that everybody, no matter what country we're in, we all need to know our value and our worth. Because um, they have great ideas, but the people themselves, and I'm not, now, now I'm not just talking about the people in Uganda, the people we got to bless. I, I started thinking about our family too and what we do here. 
we want to let you know. We want to encourage you. We want you to encourage each other about your value and your worth. That you are somebody that can change the world. We talk about being world changers, right? But what if you think of the person sitting right in front of you, next to you, as a world And as you are you, you are the free you, you are the person filled with the grace of the kingdom, the love of the Father, and you touch that person, you are a world changer, right? It it was, I I, I did worry about what I was going to actually do there, but I just got to be me. And that's all they needed to see. These guys got to be them. They got to, they, I wish we could watch the whole video, all the whole video of the times they were up there. But that's all we need is to just let them know the value, their value and their worth. So um, I just want to end with this. Um, this is a picture from um, the <laughs> whatever hotel, the last hotel we were at. And so, yeah, <laughs> in Kampala. So this is, this was a scene from our window, okay? And, and this, is, this is a nicer house, you know? So we're in a hotel, and we're right next to residential, basically. And... Um, Sunday morning, the last Sunday we were there, I got up, and I was getting ready, and um, and there was there was hot water, there was uh, <laughs> there was electricity. Thank you, and um, <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I'm getting ready, and what do I hear outside? I hear this young, probably young girl. I'm pretty sure it was a girl young girl singing at the top of her lungs. She was singing, It's a problem-free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> I'm like, that's where they live. And there are some that live in even less, less accommodating accommodations. And yet this young, this little girl, I mean, that was such a blessing to me. To hear somebody with that kind of hope in her heart. God is so real. He's so good. And he's on the move. I don't know that I'd ever see her. That's why I was trying to take a picture to see if I could see somebody back there. But um, to hear that. To hear that coming from someone who probably lives in that little house, and it's like, Hakuna Matata? Wow. God is so good. He is so good. So it was an honor and blessing to be able to go on this adventure with God. And um, thank you so much. There, there are so many dimensions of this trip, and some of them are this, that spiritual dimension. Some of you added to our prayers and some of the things that we were looking out for. And, um, and so we just 
so appreciate all of you guys going with us on this journey. So we have, uh, we have two more. Next up is, is uh, Joe. We're going to see a video of him first. But, um, but I asked him about, I don't know, half a year ago or more. I told him about this trip and said, Joe, I think you should come. You'd be amazing and talked about it. And uh, he said yes. Before he found out that he was needed back at school, he's overseeing a bunch of teachers at Valley Christian. And so he actually even missed the first week of school, right? Um, so quite a sacrifice to be with us uh, when he was very needed here at home. But anyway, I'm so glad you're with us, Joe. And here's, here's, oh, and here's where he's praying over some students that came into our conference. And his, this prayer was so powerful. I'm like, oh, this is what I have to show you a piece of here. So let's let's stand up. Let's extend our hands over these students. They are the next generation that is carrying the hope and grace and salvation of Jesus. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for each student, each son, and each daughter of the Most High God. We declare your blessing, Lord Jesus, over each one of them. We declare that they are highly favored with the grace of God that your favor will last a lifetime for them and they will live and prosper in this land and be the next generation that transforms Uganda we call out their treasures we call out their gifts and abilities. Their unique design. The way that you created them, Father. To do great exploits for the kingdom of God. We pray for you, Holy Spirit. To baptize them afresh. Right now. In the name of Jesus. And you would provide all of their needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That the kingdom of God would come swiftly, would come expanding and advancing through their lives and touch many, many, many other lives in this Rakai region in the country of Uganda. We thank you that Uganda is the Pearl of Africa. And each one of these students Yes, Joe Smiley.
Thank you. I forgot about that. That was a lot of fun. That actually was the last day, and I was not expecting to get up there. Um, Pastor Fred brought all the kids in right at the end of the, um, the Connect Hope conference, and we had over 300 pastors there. So the kids came in, and uh, I got to pray over them. But you know what? So much happened over 11 days. Um, you know, once you hit the ground of Africa, it's a whole different experience. And, um, you know, you are jet lagged. You're trying to adjust, you know, 10 hours ahead. And I'm still adjusting back now, uh, Pacific Standard Time. But I can tell you um, what happened for me is I feel like God went inside my heart and he just stretched me open. And I saw our Father in heaven love people amazingly. I mean, like expressing his manifest love in people's lives. And I was blown away. Um, There were times where his presence was so strong. I mean, I felt like for 11 days straight, I was in the manifest presence of God. Like, you know, in the Old Testament, they talked about the weight of his glory, the Shekinah glory. There were times where we were praying and ministering. You could feel his presence. And it it was very powerful. And it it was like normal. You know, this is the way it should be all the time. It was supernaturally normal. And one thing I saw that really kind of changed me theologically was I saw there's a, there's a wide open heaven over the planet earth, meaning the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, the completed work, what he did for us, everything the Bible teaches theologically, his death and resurrection opened up the kingdom of God. And it's, it's pressing on the earth, meaning it's, it's advancing in people's lives. I mean, God is reaching out. He's not just standing up there waiting for someone to come to him. He's coming to people. And I really felt that and experienced that over in Uganda. Um, of course, the land is different over there. They are considered the Pearl of Africa. It's a beautiful country. Um, They have lush green uh, vegetation and trees. They have natural resources. They're they're blessed by God. They have water source. They have soil. But they are ranked out of 172 modern world countries, they are ranked 161st poorest on the earth. And you feel that poverty. And it's humiliating. I mean, the people are very humbled over there. And so there's a desperation. And so when they cry out to God... They cry out to God to provide their daily provisions because they get their daily provisions day by day. They go get the water a couple miles to their water source, come back, go get their food, come back. And so um, I was blown away at the love of the Father for the human race. And I got to teach on a lot about how... When Jesus saves us, you know, that whole term in the Greek, sozo, um, it means a complete salvation. It's a complete healing. It's a complete deliverance. Whatever the human race needs, God has provided that in Jesus Christ. And so we would walk through steps of just being intentional and opening up our hearts. Now, a lot of the pastors over there, um, they, they carry a lot of shame. Okay, because of the conditions that they live in. I mean, it's, they're very humbled over there. 
And so there is a lot of condemnation. There's a lot of, you know, I have to perform. I have to get God's attention. And so you have to work through that. You have to build them up and work through that so they can really receive God's grace and everything he has for them. Um, let me check my notes here. I know only I got 10 minutes. The Rakai district, there's over 2 million people in the Rakai district. Uh, Rakai district had the f- uh, one of the first documented HIV cases over in Africa. Okay, so through the 80s and 90s, HIV and AIDS just spread through that district and devastated a generation or two generations. I don't know if it was 100,000 people died. But the region is recovering, okay? And so God is raising up these amazing leaders like Pastor Fred, Pastor Peter, and, and other pastors that we were working with. And these men literally are the spiritual and physical leader of the village, and so um, God is training. We got to equip and train spiritually. We got to um, help them physically with self-sustainability practices, um, you know, how to live at a different uh, level of quality of life. And it was very powerful. The other thing is, you know, when you go to another nation, you really see that the Lord Jehovah, he's the Lord over all the nations. And Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 becomes very alive when there's a scene in heaven where every tribe, tongue, kindred, and nation is before Jesus Christ worshiping him and honoring him with thanksgiving. And so when you go into their worship services, I mean, they worship, you know, like we do here. Like they they really worship. They, They dance, they praise God, and they can go for hours, you know. It's like there's no timeline over there. It's like you just, you get in God's presence and you worship him and you go before him with what you need. So um, I think, you know, there's many, many, many stories, hundreds of stories, and we're going to do a little ministry later. Um, but God's love, what I saw, it's, it's God's love that transforms a human being. When you see someone get physically healed in front of you, and there, that did happen, um, and it's motivated by God's love, it's, it's powerful. When you see someone, because there's a lot of mental anguish over there, a lot of mental illness because of the, the suffering and the survival, when you see them transform and get healed mentally uh, and see God's love, it's just very, very powerful. Um, so anyway, I'll stop there. And then we'll share more stories later. Okay, awesome. Thank you. So we're going we're gonna to end with, uh, by showing you a clip of Joel and letting him share for a few minutes. Um, and uh, were you, should I share about what happened? Are you going to? You're going to share? Okay, then I won't. Um, all right, so here, this is uh, Joel sharing. Um, oh, we, we had the privilege of, of tag teaming. The very last Sunday we were there, part of the team already went home, and, and uh, Suzanne and Fred shared a little bit, but then Joel and I had most of the message, and I came in with the Father's love, and the, that's when I shared that video of the, the, the Olympian. And Joel came in and just knocked it out of the park, um, basically about the prophetic and, and how we have to see the treasures in each other. This was just a short clip of that. No 
When we hear God's loving affirmation of others, we think and speak out his heart to them. When we speak the word, we are choosing to bless and not curse. Let me say that again. That was a good word right there. I said we choose to bless and not curse. What are we speaking? What are we speaking? Life, not death. Come on. We are declaring the very heart of God for that person. Turn to your neighbor and tell him again, prophetic ministry is looking for treasure. All right. Woo. Here's our treasure, Joel Pollard. Hey. Yeah, I was getting good right there. I was like, come on. You hear that message myself. Order the CD or something. Ah, thank you for uh, helping to send me. Because uh, you, as much as I went in the, in the... It's nice not having a translator. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I, speak, I can speak freely. This is a good thing. And, um, but you were an extension. You know, I know that might sound cliche a lot, but you actually were because if it wasn't for you, I would have been here. But uh, there, was a, there was an overall purpose of why um, that I was part of the team. And we were really, you know, well, yeah, I'm going to go there. But um, there's an old movie called, um, is it the Blues, Blues Brothers? And where the two say, I'm on a mission from God. And I really felt that we were on a mission from God. So we met the objectives. We met our goals. And thank you, church, for doing that. Now, I want you to... Um, Say this with me. Revelation 19.10 says, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And we all agree on that, right? That's what we saw while we went over to that land, to that nation, to those people. Um, my main component of the trip, in addition to releasing the love of, of Papa, calling out the sons and the daughters of who they are, was to release the prophetic in that region to release the, pre the prophetic in the hearts. And so I'm like, yep, this is what I'm going to go do. And so, you know, like Matt sort of uh, alluded to it earlier that, uh, you know, they have this preconceived notion and definition of what a prophet or what prophetic ministry looks like. And um, and like, well, when we're done, they're going to have the real, the real thing of what that, what the heartbeat of God is. So, uh, they were open to it. They were receptive to it. But with that came a price. I would say that, that there came a price. Um, I think the first Sunday we were there, uh, we all were sort of split up and went to preach at different churches. So I, of course, got Pastor Fred Sachewa's home church where he used to attend. So he took me aside jokingly, and I thank God it was jokingly, 
And he said, now, if you do anything or say anything to mess this church up, I'm going to, you know. I'm like, oh, no, it's okay. He's like, so you better be on your best behavior. I'm like, yes, sir, you know. And uh, so that's where a lot of it for me, in addition to the, the conferences that we spoke at, and that's where I got to taste and personally experience the realms of what we were really dealing with. And so uh, I'll make it quick, but in that, uh, for that, in that instance, uh, you know, it was worship. It was great. It was wonderful. I was sitting to the side, and then they had me come up. So I know where I wanted to go. I'm like, I'm going to do this and this and this. And so I stand in front of the, the congregation, about 100 people, and I said, turn to your neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit is here. And they just like, I'm like, okay. And so I had the translator uh, repeat it again. They're like, I'm like, okay. And so I said, okay, we're going to stop and we're going to just wait. And, um, and I said, notes can become a distraction. So I, I, I discreetly put them away because where I wanted to go is not what Holy Spirit wanted to do. And, and at that point, we begin to enter into the territory I leaned over to the pastor. I'm like, hey, pastor. It was another pastor, Fred. I said, how many people are spirit-filled here? Like they haven't been filling with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's like, I don't know. I said, well, can we ask? Because that might help. And so three people out of 100 raised their hand. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, we need to do something about that. So, you know, and so I invited the people to come forward, and they, everybody came forward, all 100 people. And so without any, um, any crazy stuff, I was like, Holy Spirit, you love your people, and now I pray that you just descend upon them. And without really having to push too much on it, people received an infilling, fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. And some did speak in tongues. So, yay God for that. So then I was able in that service to continue to call out the treasures and really lay it out. This is what uh, this is what the heart of God is for you. This is what Father says about you. This is what he's always said about you. Even in my Bible, it says before the foundations of the world, this is what he said about you. You know, and so that's when the demonic oppression started to manifest in that service. And I'm like, oh, you know, and uh so the, there was a guy, and um, loves Jesus, had some manifestation going on, and so I had them bring him, and this is all new to everybody over there. They're not used to catchers, you know, because we're talking about cement floor, so I didn't want to take any chances, and so I motioned in, and they're like, what? I'm like, and so they finally got what I was trying to do, and um, the Holy Spirit said, don't touch him because I want to show my power. I'm like, okay, this should be interesting. And so all I did was like more, 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 more. And I did that about 30 seconds, and the guy just, doop. And so we had to deal with that. I was having people take, you know, look at their shoes. It's like the devil's crush on your feet. I mean, it's really prophetically declaring things that are true, drawing the line in the sand that Rakai is not going to be known as a region of AIDS, but that reformation and revival is going to go forth from this place. The leaders are emerging, and the leaders are about to be raised up because hope is rising once again, you know? So from that is when I started to experience some symptoms in my body after that meeting. I had fatigue, 
I felt nausea. I had chills. I was weepy. And for me, I'm not a crier, so that sort of freaked me out a little bit. I'm like, well, I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> I was crying in the hotel room. I'm like, they just want to be free. Those people just want to be free. That's, they just want a taste of what freedom is. They want a taste of what love looks like. That's all they, they want. And I'm crying, you know, having this compassionate heart. And so uh, even on the trip, you know, we talked a little bit after that as a team that uh, going and representing the prophetic to release the prophetic as the point person and teaching the main sessions along with Pastor Brennan as he taught apostolic, um, that I took a lot of the hits, if you will, and I say this very humbly, uh, or being picked out of the line at the airport, it's like, you five can go, but you, you need to come with me, you know, and we're holding it up, it's like, you work for the government? I'm like, no, no, I don't work for the government. Um, just crazy stuff like that, but it's all good, you know, and... Uh, Turn to your neighbor and say, it's all good. <laughs> so when I didn't get better, I went back to the, uh, the hotel after that Sunday service I just told you about. And I, and I was like, where's Pastor Fred? I'm like, hey, your church will never be the same, by the way. <laughs> and uh, he's like, wow, you know. And uh, so I didn't get better. But uh, Mama Suzanne over here was uh, determined and confident on a mission that she was not going to leave me me behind and them go to the, the, the conferences. And so she stayed with me. I got to experience Uganda healthcare for the first time. And uh, that was good. It's very affordable, by the way. And uh, I, th well, we still don't know how much the bill was, so we're just going to say it was affordable. But yeah, yeah. So they thought I had malaria. And I'm like, wonderful, just what I need, just what I need. And uh, anyway, I did not have it, uh, even though they thought I had it. So they gave me some meds and swallowed them along with a hundred other pills. But anyway, I'm getting to the point. So the point that I was able to release is that love wins. You know, we sang about it tonight, that love looks like something. And I really wanted to drive it home and just like knock that thing out of the park so that Holy Spirit could expound and the Holy Spirit could begin to uh, just show in his fashion to the people, love does look like something, you know? Whether it's casting out the demonic oppression, whether, next picture, forward the slide. Now. <laughs> sort of cool. Um, we were in, Pastor. this is the day Pastor Fred was taking us around and showing us certain sustainability programs. And this, was, uh, this family had a coffee farm. Sweet family. Really sweet family. But this girl, what does love look like? Love looks like taking the hand of this girl who's completely almost blind in one eye and is going blind and kneeling down to her because she's almost my middle-aged girl's uh, age and saying, you know what? You will see again. And not only the natural, but you will run with a mantle of vision. And just beginning to declare those things over her life and pulling out the treasures that were in her. And my heart broke because God was doing something. It's those heaven-on-earth moments that we always talk about and that we always want to encounter. That was a heaven-on-earth moment. And uh, was it, is it Hamida? Yeah, it was her name. She's powerful. Just powerful time. And um, so the natural, things happened in the natural, but more happened, I believe, in the spiritual realms when we were there. 
and uh, the release and the activation. Even each of us taught a breakout session during the uh, second week where they're at Hope Connect Leaders Conference. And so I had prophetic activation, and uh, I, you know, would talk, but I'm, I'm more of a doer, so I got people up. I attempted to do a prophetic will, which uh, I had to attempt several times before it worked. And, um, yeah, that, w- that took about 30 minutes just for the organizing of the will. Uh, I'm like, no, you. And uh, they're, they're very hands-on. They want to touch each other. I'm like, please don't touch people. And um, I really had to do that to sort of get some order going. And, uh, and then so the prophetic, introducing the culture, you know, it's easy for people over there to go straight into intercession mode. I'm like, no, we're going to hear the Lord and we're going to give the word. So just even being, uh, after we did that, lining people up in uh, what, two or three lines and just going down, it's like I, the anointing that's on me, I place it upon you now. And just releasing that prophetic impartation into everybody who took those classes those two days. And then um, one thing I really felt strong enough is it's one thing to get up and say, hey, yeah, we went over there and we did this and that. But it's a reality to profess, I went over there and this is what Uganda did to me. This is what the trip depart, uh, imparted into me. This is the deposit that I brought back. And so even though we call treasures out here, and we went and we called treasures out there. There's a shift. I believe there was tons of atmospheric shifts that took place, not only in the meetings, but even on the one-on-one relationships that we had. So I can even look at many of you, and the call of the treasure has been called out of you sometime, whether it's years ago or whether it's a week ago. There's been the, uh, the dreams and the things, the treasures that we seek uh, to call out, they've been called out on you. And I started to ask myself, what is the response when something or someone is called? Because there has to be a response. There has to be a response. So a question to ask yourself, God, what have you called that's on my life? What have you called to me that's in my heart? Because contrary, if you, whether you believe it or not, there's something in you. There's a lot in you. There's a treasure that lies inside of you. There's gold in the midst of the dirt. There's diamonds in the midst of all the coal that God says, that treasure, it's time for that to come forward. It's time for that treasure to be called out. It's time to rise to the occasion because Jesus himself is bringing us into a season of an occasion where we are rising to the occasion. And so I just declare that over you right now. Disagree. It's okay to agree. That all the treasures, and they all look different. That, Father, would you begin to show the reality of what that is? Because love looks like something. It's just not a nice word in the Bible. It's a tangible encounter and experience that each one of us get to partake in. It's something that we get to continue to partner with Holy Spirit. That, Lord, yes, love's going to look like something even more in my life. Love's going to carry me out. Even when I got sick and I felt really bad in my hotel room, I'm like, I want to be home right now. But I kept on repeating. I said, you are good and your love endures. You are good and your love endures. 
I didn't come here to be sick and lay in the bed and murmur about it. I came to release hope to a people. I came to release hope that will one day in turn shape the nation of Uganda and shape that continent of Africa. And who knows where that goes? Because the power of the prophetic is expressed through love looking like something. So, Father, I just thank you right now that you are doing something. And I would ask permission, Holy Spirit, that we would give you the permission to go deeper, deeper in those areas, even some things that we shelved and that are really dusty and dirty, but we just have an inkling that you're probably really not done with that anyway. I just say, Holy Spirit, would you go deeper and would you do more? In Jesus' name. So, yeah, it is, um, we, I have one more last story to share with you, and it is 9 o'clock. So um, I need to ask parents if you'd get your kids and bring them back. And uh, I, I promise this is like a 10-minute like story. I realize I'm, I feel like a teacher. I'm keeping you over class time, um, but we're almost done. This is, to me, the, the, really the climax of the trip. Like, if we had... Uh, thank you, parents, and I appreciate that. If we had done everything that we did without doing this, it would have been really worth it. Uh, it would have been amazing. But I believe this is the this was the the, the pinnacle of what we that we were there for was what happened on the first night of the three day conference. Let me just quickly set it up for you, and and that is, um, I was asked to do the revival service that first night, and. Uh, this this from Isaiah 66, 8, can a nation be saved in a day? And when we see that scripture, a lot of times we're thinking, I'm thinking in the past, um, you know, can, can God so move on a nation that everybody in that nation says yes to Jesus on the same day? I mean, that's taking it very literally. But but the Lord showed me actually this night that that actually for him, it for, for the Lord, it's about agreement with heaven. Is there a moment in which there is agreement, such as there was like in the second chapter of Acts, such agreement with heaven that that, that is the seed that's going to change the entire nation? In other words, in that moment, the nation is changed in a day. And that's what I believe we did. Wow, I am so feeling the Holy Spirit right now. That's what I believe we did in, in that moment. And this ties in with the intercessors, and it ties in with the dreams we were getting and they were getting, and we were we were communicating back and forth so that we knew what we were supposed to do. We didn't know exactly what it was going to look like, but we knew what the Lord wanted us to do. And um, I was I shared with him from the book of Revelation 21. Remember we talked about um, Uganda being the pearl of Africa, right? The 12 gates, this is, this is heaven. This is explaining heaven. And it says the 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate being made of a single pearl. And the city was lit by the radiant glory of God, and the Lamb was a lighted torch for it. And the nations will come to its light, and the kings of the earth will bring, it, bring their treasures. The Lord was, was showing me how if we will agree with heaven, we, we, keep, we always talk about this, that we get to usher heaven to earth. As it is in heaven, so it is on the earth. That's what he told us to pray. So if we really want to usher heaven to earth, we've got to take a better look. I'm sorry, earth to heaven. We have to take a better look at what heaven looks like. Because we are actually invited to usher this in. And so, and so what we knew we needed to do, not because of it was a, a cool idea, 
but because he had told us through dreams, through prophecies, through scriptures that this is what he wanted us to do, is that we were going to open 12 gates that night. Um, in that in that setting with two with 200 pastors who I'm telling you were fervently in agreement, like not just placidly going, oh, this is nice. I mean, they were going for it with us. We didn't. We had some idea of what those gates were, but we didn't know until it actually happened which gates we were opening up because the Holy Spirit was telling us. And so one by one, after I preached and um, we got up there, I got our team up there, plus Pastor Peter, plus Pastor Fred from Uganda. They actually were ones, I, I ran over to them because they didn't know what we were doing. And I said, I said, we're opening up some gates. So if you get something from the Lord, you come up here and you release it. So they, they actually opened up a couple of these gates. And these are the gates that we opened up. We started with the gate of prophecy because we knew we were bringing it. If they get this as the gate of prophecy is opened up, the prophecy is going to absolutely turn this country around because they're going to start declaring the truth from heaven to earth. Salvation, I won't explain them all, but salvation uh, prosperity, the way the Lord defines it, knowledge, you know, to know what to do as he gives the prosperity, the revelation of who he is, of who they are, the faith to go with that, the, the, this gate of faith, identity, who they are as sons and daughters, healing and deliverance, the power that comes with it, courage to go after this thing, the passion of heaven to go after this thing, unity, that we're going to do this as one only. That's the only way the Lord allows us to do this. And we ended with the gate of love. It had to be love. I remember um, somewhere along the way I was thinking, because this whole thing took, I don't know, 30 minutes maybe for us to wait on the Lord and declare. And they're yelling and we're declaring. And and then we're waiting for the next gate. It was very exciting. It was very, um, ah, it's hard to explain. It was so Holy Spirit led. And uh, I get to 11 and I'm going and I'm saying, okay, team, what's the 11, what's the 12th one? And I had thought about love earlier, but I had completely, it passed, you know, out of my mind again. And I I don't remember who it was. Someone said, it's got to be love. And I'm like, of course it has to be love. That's that's the gate that's going to make all this happen. So we, we, we open the gate of, of love. So now, um, I heard the Lord say, if you will go back, it, this is going to be so powerful. If you will go back and prophetically, in, in the scriptures, it talked about that there was three great gates on each side of heaven, on each, you know, north, south, east, west. So I said to these people, I said, now, you're going to yell this out with me, and we're going to go back over every single one of these, only, only we're going to... We're going to stand in 12 locations and I'm going to stand in that location and you're all going to face me and we're all going to say together, in the name of Jesus, we open the gate of prophecy. And then they went nuts and we went, we went around every place around the room, all 12 places. And what I told them as I said, look, at, as we're declaring this, understand something. Yes, this is for you, but it's so much more. This is for the nation of Uganda. It's for the district you're in. But God is looking for agreement. Can a nation be saved in a day? Yes. It requires agreement by people who actually believe who God is, what heaven's about, and that we have the authority to usher it right here. And I told them this is not just for Uganda, but Uganda as the pearl of Africa. This is going out from here. And I'm telling you to this to this day, I do not, 
I know that what happened was far more powerful than I can even begin to describe to you in words. I know that we one day I'm going to sit with Jesus and he's going to show me what actually happened and I, my jaw is going to be on the floor. Because I think I know that it was pretty powerful. And I, I don't think I have any idea exactly what was going on that night. And at the very end, so we get down to the last one. You know, we, I'm going all the way around the room again. Interpreter running with me. You know, we're running everywhere. Everyone's moving out of the way so we can get there. And then I get to the end and I said, in the gate of love. And the place goes bonkers. Everyone says, in the name of Jesus, we open the gate of love. And then at the end of that, I said, I said, I mean, all of a sudden I got this knowing in my spirit. I said, do you guys know what we just did? I said, this, this was just like the um, Jericho. They were seven times around and they screamed and the walls came down. And I said, that's what prophetic acts do. We don't understand the power, but it does something. And when I said that, I'm telling you, the place just erupted. So make sure the volume's up. This, is, this was right after I said that. This was, what well, this is just a few seconds. <laughs> Let's have the team up. Let's have the team up. I don't, we don't, we don't really know what, what it is that we're, uh, before tonight, before we came here tonight, we said, Lord, the one thing we know is that we were totally dependent upon you. That's why we saw such amazing things. We knew we couldn't, we had nothing apart from him. If all we're going to bring is ourselves Apart from him, um, you know, we're, <laughs> that's not going to change anything. And so um, we, we just had a feeling that tonight God w- wanted to release something. And we're still kind of waiting on him for that. But I, I will say this, be, because it's late, I understand if you have to go. I, I just, we just want to wait for a minute and ask the Holy Spirit before we go tonight, is there anything else? What, what Holy Spirit, what do you want to do tonight? to shift the atmosphere in this place, to bring hope, to bring courage. What are you wanting to do? Lord, would you make us alive to that right now? All of us, make us alive to that. And Father, I'm just going to start by asking in the name of Jesus that you, that you would cause hope to rise up. Cause hope to rise up. I, 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 I have your authority, Jesus, to, to break and to cut off the power of discouragement in Jesus' name. And Lord, you were, you were showing me something just in the last couple of days that I'm declaring over each one of you. And that is the eyes to see what heaven already knows is true. That, that, Lord, I am asking 
I'm asking for every person in this room that they would have such clear vision in the spirit to know what is real, to know what is true, the truth that sets us free. That in the midst of when we get discouraged, when we get depressed, when we, all those things we feel, God, it's because we're not seeing clearly right then. And so I'm asking, Holy Spirit, bring the clarity, bring the clarity of hope, the hope inside of the hearts. Let the hope rise up again tonight. Lord, I, I, I cut off any discouragement, any depression, any suicidal thoughts, all the things that make you want to give up. I'm cutting those off of you in the name of Jesus. And I'm declaring hope to rise up, hope 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 rise up in Jesus' name. You are alive for his purposes today. You're alive in Christ. You're alive in Christ. You're alive, alive, alive for his purposes. It's a good day to be alive. It's a great day to be you. It is a great day to be you because God made you the way he wanted you and you're alive for this time. So hope rise up in Jesus' name. And Father, I've just declared that hope that it was rise up in each one of your worlds. In each one of your worlds, hope is going to look like something through the power of his love. Love is going to... This is the season where God is bringing us into that love itself is going to manifest. It's going to manifest in each one of our hearts. It's going to manifest through our dreams. It's going to manifest through the calling out of the treasures. Many of us are going to begin to step out and we're going to begin to answer that call. God's been calling on you on your heart for a very, very long time. And God says, this is the season where I'm bringing, where you're going to step. You're going to posture yourself and you're going to step into the call. You're going to step into the treasure. The treasure, it's time for the treasure to merge. So Father, I thank you that love looks like something in each one of our worlds. I thank you that you are breathing fresh, new life. It's not stale. It's not old oil for yesterday, but it's something very fresh and it's something brand new that's going to carry us through what our destiny, what our purpose, and what the call in our life is all about. I believe what the Lord wanted me to declare over all of you um, is what, when, when uh, we're up there opening the gates, um, I really felt strongly, um, you know, like Pastor Ben said, God's definition of prosperity, um, you know, not our uh, what we see it as, but um, what I saw is uh, there are quite a few of you um, where the Lord's been pressing on your heart to move forward in something and even to get out of your comfort zone because he's preparing you uh, to prosper. And he's getting getting a lot of us out of our comfort bubble and wanting us to move forward because uh, he, um He's wanting us to move into that land of promise and that prosperity. And um, so, God, I just declare um, just grace, grace, grace upon every person here. Um, 
um, courage uh, to step into the promised land. Even though it's uncomfortable, um, it may even seem a little scary because it's something they've never done before. But it's time to move forward. So I just declare in Jesus' name, grace 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 and that the power of god would be upon you that his strength would be upon you uh to move forward into the land that that god has told you to go into in jesus name okay also along with prosperity um two words i heard tonight because i believe there's an open heaven right now is providence and protection and I saw in the spirit over Lorenzo and this man right here with the striped shirt, there was a light coming straight down over you earlier tonight. And I had that same experience in Uganda, and I discerned it to be a very large angel that has been assigned for protection over your lives and for providence. But I believe it's over everyone here that God the Father is paying attention so much to your life with detail that he has assigned angels to each one of you and they have a specific role to play, and I believe it's for providence and for protection over your lives and over your kids. So I just want to agree with heaven right now. Let's intentionally agree, God our Father, that you would provide all of our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus right now, that heaven would touch earth and bring the providence and bring the protection, bring the security, bring the strength straight from heaven to earth by the power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of us, rising up inside of us, but also pressing straight down from the kingdom of God. We say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, um, what I was getting is that the Lord wanted me to encourage you that he started a good work in each one of you, and he's going to continue to do that work in each one of you. So I really believe that there's just this commissioning, that God has commissioned you to continue to do the good works of God. Oh, yeah, and being an ambassador of God's grace and his love everywhere that you go. Great exploits start with what seems like small acts of love and kindness. Don't ever underestimate that. So I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, this is the thing I want before we go because we're gonna we're gonna be up here for a prayer and we invite you to come on up and receive prayer. Before we go though, I, I just want you right where you are to agree. To agree, Fa- would you say this, Father? You are good. <laughs> And I'm alive because you want me to be alive. And I'm here as your ambassador of love. So I give you my permission to love people through me, to touch people with kindness through me. So show me, Holy Spirit, as I leave this place, Tonight, tomorrow, the rest of the week, who can I love? Who can I encourage? 
In Jesus' name. And wait just a minute, because some of you, he might show you a picture. You just never know. But you're already enlisted. You're already enlisted. You belong to the Lord. You're his. You're part of this army of love. And you've just given him permission. So now, be ready. Be expectant. Because he's going to love people through you this week.